BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. JC Peretz, welcome up, pal. How are you? What's going on? You know, just hanging out. You know, listen, if you're going to do your little California mug, I'll do my hustle juice mug. Dude, you like and, that? You yeah, that? that's nice. That's a nice little mug you got there. I wish I could tell you I was clever enough to have thought of that beforehand. It's just I just <laughs> like this. It's all right. You do you, man. You do you. Um, well, I'm, I'm thrilled that you're with us. You're, you're here. The, the title here is Transform Your Trading with the Power of Technical Analysis. Is that right? Is, is that what we're talking about? Yeah, that works for me. That sounds like a good title. Why not, man? Why not? All right, well, listen, I'll shut up. I'll get out of the way. These guys want to hear from you, not me. But uh, it's always good to see you. Likewise. So, uh, you know, big shout out to Benzinga, Jason Raznick, if you're watching. Love you, buddy. Uh, You know, listen, for me, I'm looking at these charts all day long. I'm talking to really smart folks. I'm incredibly fortunate to be able to be able to pick up the phone and call some of the top portfolio managers and analysts and uh, traders in the world. They just are old drinking buddies of mine. So when you hear me talking and when you hear me uh, sort of walking through price behavior and, and what the market is doing, understand that it's a collection of two things. Number one, we have a monster team. You know, uh, Grant is in Moscow. Louis is in New Zealand. Alfonso's in Venezuela. Uh, we've got guys in California, New York, Florida, uh, Massachusetts, Chicago, uh, Colorado. I myself am about an hour west of New York City. My name is JC Peretz. I'm the founder of allstarcharts.com and we rip through about 5,000 charts a week. I do personally, not to mention the slew of charts that are being sent to me. So it's a combination of all of this work that's being done, plus all of the conversations that I'm having on a daily basis. That's what comes to what you see here. So there's a lot of data going behind this and we're price driven. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you stories. That's not what we're here for. Uh, we're here to talk about what's actually going on, not what potentially could or, you know, uh, uh, you know, changing the world and all this stuff. With, you know, we're talking about what's actually happening. I'm going to give it to you whether you like it or not, because the market, we can't play the cards that we that we wish we had. I mean, we could pretend we have pocket aces all day, but chances are sometimes we're not or a lot of times we're not. So we got to play the cards that we're dealt and understand the environment we're in first and then pick out which tools and strategies are going to be best for that environment. So we're going to talk about the cannabis stocks, obviously. So that's the focus of this presentation. But we can't do that properly without putting it into context with what else is happening around the world. That's what we're going to do here. The first chart, you know, uh, I can start in a number of different ways. Let me just turn on the laser pointer. I can start a number of different ways. uh, But, you know, give the people what they want is what, you know, what they tell me. So, you guys want some cannabis stocks? Let's let's get after it. Right off the bat, 
what I see here is the cannabis ETF MJ, and let's understand what's in MJ. Uh, you're looking at GW Pharmaceuticals is the largest component, 11%. Uh, Afria, Tilray, uh, right behind that growth generation next, uh, and then Canopy Growth and Kronos. So when you compare the cannabis ETF relative to the rest of the stock market, particularly the S&P 500, what I see here is a monster base throughout 2020 last year, right? We broke out to start the year, monster run. This was like weed stocks ripping, SPAC stocks, like, you know, that, that was this period right here. And then we've sold off since then with a lot of growth uh, stocks in general. Uh, growth stocks have gotten absolutely destroyed with money flowing into value, which is one of the things that we're going to talk about. So I would argue, based on my experience, if the marijuana stocks are going to take over that leadership, and this is just a pullback out of this monster breakout, which is entirely possible, we're going to know very soon, right? This would be a logical place uh, for marijuana stocks to resume their leadership. Uh, one of the things we like to do, regardless of what we're talking about, if this was a, a presentation on global stocks, we'd have all the countries here. If this was a presentation on cryptocurrencies, we'd have all the cryptos lined up, right? We do work across the board, across industry groups and asset classes, stocks, bonds, commodities, cryptos, etc. So what we like to see is where the relative strength is. Like, I'm not going to pretend that I'm smarter than somebody else. I'm not going to pretend that I know something that the market doesn't know. Like, are you kidding me? If you think that, like, you've already lost. We know we don't know anything. Right. So we want to follow the people who do know something. <laughs> so the most powerful institutions in the world with the most amount of money and the most amount of connections. Trust me, they're going to get the information they need and they have way more resources than you will ever have. Uh, and myself and et cetera. So they're going to go out and they're going to find the information and then they are going to act upon that information. Whatever they choose, you know, they might take that information and buy a ton of stocks or they might take that information and sell a ton of stocks. I'm not really interested in what information they have. I'm more interested in what they're doing with that information, right? You can see that in price. You can see that in relative strength. I want to point out 22nd century group whose relative strength is off the charts. I'm not going to be the guy that's going to tell you the story like this is the Canada and this is the this and these are the picks and the axes, but these are the flower. I'm not going to be that guy. I really don't care. I want to know where the money's flowing regardless of what uh, sort of what area of cannabis they're in. Um, and this is the, a relative strength scan of the ones doing the best. And then just, you know, right off the bat, you know, what I'm seeing is, uh, you know, four and a half. That's really the level. If we're above four and a half in uh, XXII, we want to be long. Let's punch it up right now to get a, a live quote. XXII right there at four and a half. So 452 as I speak. So if we're not above four and a half, I don't think you can own it. Uh, you want to give it a little room to the downside, let it breathe. That's up to you. Um, you know, you manage risk however you need to. Uh, but I'm just telling you right now, if we're not above four and a half, I don't want to own it. But if we are, uh, and cannabis stocks really take over that leadership, which we were just talking about here, this would be a pretty logical place for cannabis stocks to take over leadership. So if that is going to happen, right? If that's not going to happen, you're going to know right away because you're going to see XXII hanging out below four and a half and we don't want to own it. It's somebody else's problem if we're uh, below those levels because, and for the, you guys wondering, that puts us below this form of resistance. So this is the mark. This is the level right around four and a half. And again, we don't draw our lines with a kind of pencil. We draw with a crayon. So it's sort of a range. Think of support and resistance kind of like a mattress. You go to the hotel room, little kid starts jumping on the bed, right? There's like some give to that. That's what support and resistance is. There's some give to it. 
So what we're looking at is resistance. And what was happening here? That, that This is the market telling us that at these prices, for whatever reason, there's more sellers than buyers. There is an overwhelming amount of supply relative to demand, right? And then when we got back here, what, four years later, boom, what happened? Prices got to this level, sold off again. What does that mean? It means that where there was more supply than demand, where the sellers were being more aggressive than the buyers back in 2014, 2015, man, that's still the case today. And then the market sold off once again. So where the buyers came in in 2015, that was the market indicating that at those levels, again, for whatever reason, there's more buyers than sellers. There's more demand than supply. Sure enough, when we got back there recently last year, the buyers came in again. So we know it's not JC's opinion or Benzinga's opinion. These are facts. There are more buyers than sellers. There has been more demand than supply at those levels. So here we are back to the scene of the crime. Every time we're here, we sell off. Why? Because again, there's more supply than demand. So if we were to break out, that would be the market signaling to us that the demand has finally been able to absorb all of that supply. Now we can move on, right? It's just simple supply and demand dynamics. I don't know the story. I don't know the first thing about this company. I couldn't care less. I know that it's in the industry, and that's what this conversation is about. If it was a uranium stock, if it was a cryptocurrency, if it was Apple, Newmont Mining pretty kind of looks exactly like this, for example, and we're buying Newmont too. So these are the types of stocks uh, that we want to buy. So just hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, uh, I'm JC. I'm signing off. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. I really wanted to get off right off the bat and, and just really point out where the strength is. This is what's most important, right? And this is really stands out to me. Um, but I think it's really important to take a step back now, right? We got we got 30 minutes, right? I gave you what you want. You got your trade idea. You got the macro analysis on the marijuana. Oh, great. Now, let's take a, a step back. All of that falls within the context of global markets moving, flowing from stocks to bonds, to precious metals, to base metals, uh, to all the currencies, right? Interest rates, markets going up. All of that is going to impact this. You know, that we're going to talk about dollar CAD in a minute as well. And the, the US dollar potentially getting pounded, right? That's what's called foreshadowing. All right. So now let's take a look at, take, think about what's going on in the stock market in general. We just got a monster ripper off of the lows in 2020 in stocks in general. S&P, Dow, global markets, pick your poison. They all bottomed out at the end of March. We had the best year for stocks in over 75 years, right? So nobody, nobody's going to argue that that's what happened. Okay. What that is awfully uh, similar to is other historic thrusts. We call them year one of a new bull market. You could see Europe breaking out of a 20-year base. You could see emerging markets uh, and the Acquia All Country World Index coming out of decade-plus-long bases. You look at financials, the XLF breaking out of a 14-year base. So there's a lot of uh, indication that this is that that was year one of a bull market cycle and after year one what tends to happen year two is usually really choppy and messy and gross and guess what year two has been so far in 2021 messy and choppy and gross <laughs> right so let's let's talk about 2009 i remember this bottom uh vividly and then we had an epic ripper year one thrust what happened in 2010 chop 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 Look at 2003, this is the tech bubble bursting. Uh, we hit a new low in 2003, and that was year one, that thrust. And what happened in 04? Chop, 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 chop. Go back to the year of our Lord, 1982, when J.C. Peretz was born, and then the market bottomed after a bear market that had lasted multiple decades. Coincidence? Maybe. Maybe not. 
But either way, JC comes to the world and the market bottoms, absolutely rips uh, into 83. And then what happened into late 83, early 84, year two? Chop, 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 chop. And then again, 1974, we put in an epic low. Market never looked back. However, it took a pause in 1976, year two, after that year one thrust of 1975, which was a, a historically you know one of the best years ever. Year two uh, was chop, chop, chop. Now, one thing I'd like to point out is that if the stock market today was not as messy as it is, that is what would be unusual, right? What we're seeing is actually perfectly normal. Under any historical measures, this is exactly what the market should be doing. It should be a messy mess. And that is precisely what we have been seeing. Um, and then what I will also add is that on all four of these occasions, and in my opinion, on this occasion as well, we will ultimately resolve higher and the stock market will go on higher for years to come. But that doesn't change the fact that year two is going to be a hot mess. And so far it has been just like all these others. So it's really important to put into context where we're at. Not to mention all of the things that we're seeing that we hadn't been seeing last year. 2021 is not 2020. The yen's been going up. Gold's been going up. Bonds stopped going down. They haven't really started going up yet, but at least they stopped going down. These are all new things. Right. Consumer staples and utilities bottomed on a relative basis on March the 1st. Again, these are not things we were seeing before. These are things we tend to see when stocks are under pressure um, and they have been uh, here. We're looking at the Fibonacci extension levels. Um, you can either contact me directly uh, or you can go to allstarcharge.com slash Fibonacci to see how we calculate these numbers. Uh, just to be clear, we calculated these numbers way before uh, these levels were hit. Again, just to be clear, uh, but our extension levels are being hit. Dow Jones Industrial Average, target achieved. Dow Jones Transportation Average, target achieved. And then what do you see? I wake up this morning and I see the fewest amount of bears since January of 2018. Oh, you can't draw it up any cleaner. Do you remember what happened in January 2018? Stock market got crushed. Global markets went into a multi-year bear market. Um, and this was the last time there were this few amount of bears. There's no bears left. So what a funny thing happened. What funny thing happens when there aren't any bears left, uh, the market uh, price action tends to create a few. Uh, and in my experience, it creates a lot of them. Uh, and pretty quickly, I might add, this was the magazine cover at the end of uh, March of last year, the week the stock market bottomed. The New Yorker could not have been more pessimistic with an empty Grand Central Terminal, right? And then fast forward to today, oh my God, look how adorable is a beautiful family going out, leaving their house for the first time, entering the big city. Is there anything more adorable? I say you short the hell out of it. Um, you know, this is what you buy, this is what you sell. So we're shorting stocks. Just as a reminder, uh, The Economist loves to be a contrarian indicator as well. And this was their magazine cover, again, the week the stock market bottomed in March of last year. Uh, this, just to take it the other side, this was the week the market pop, uh, topped in February of last year. Literally, the week the market topped. Uh, we were already shorting technology, but come on, stampeding robot bulls? I mean, really? You, you, can't, you can't make this up. You can't make this up. The week tech and the rest of the market peaked, stampeding robot bulls. Uh, and just uh, as a reminder, what happened uh, after the tech bubble burst, we had the biggest crash. NASDAQ lost 90% of its value. The New Yorker, in their infinite wisdom, comes out with this uh, beautiful cover of, the, of a chart literally falling out of the bottom of the earth. This was the week the stock market bottomed after the
the uh, tech bubble crashed. I mean, again, you can't draw it up any better. So when the New Yorker comes out with something as adorable as this, we want to short the hell out of it. Um, so meanwhile, what, what is the culprit, right? Every bear market, every sell-off in the market has sort of the group that you can point to. And it's like, okay, those are the downside leaders. That's what's dragging the market lower. What are we seeing? We're seeing growth stocks making new relative lows, new uh, 12-month lows in large cap growth relative to large cap value, um, and 16-month lows in small cap growth relative to small cap value. Let's remember what a lot of these are composed of. Growth stocks are technology, communications, uh, direct to consumer, like consumer discretionary, all of those are crazy growth stocks that have been doing so well. And the value areas are things like energy and financials and industrials and materials and things that haven't been in bull markets in a long time, especially on a relative basis, but they certainly were early in my career. And you go back to 04, 05, 06, these were the areas. So it reminds me a lot of that environment. By the way, if you're interested in these slides, you can email info at allstarcharts.com. Make sure to use the password Cannabis Conference. So info at allstarcharts.com, Cannabis Conference is the password. Make sure to use the password. If you don't, you're going to get some uh, presentation about Taiwanese semiconductors uh, or <laughs> some sort of Indian bank presentation. So Cannabis Conference at info at allstarcharts.com, and I'll send you the slides. Uh, this one stands out. Look at Ford relative to Tesla. You know, again, old value versus new growth. Uh, breaking out Ford versus Tesla makes a lot of sense. What else are we seeing that we haven't seen in a long time? Newmont Mining, uh, gold, breaking out to new all-time highs out of a 25-year base. Are you kidding me? These are the markets we want to buy. So if Newmont NEMs above 72, we want to be really, really, really long. And uh, I think this could be double or triple potentially. Um, you know, Newmont Mining at 200, why not? Um, but again, we only want to be long if it's above 72. Otherwise, uh, I'd rather be uh, on the sidelines. Look at gold relative to Apple. You know, all these growthy people, people, oh my God, I made so much money in growth. It's like, what the hell does that have to do with the fact that value stocks and gold are now outperforming all of those growth stocks? The market doesn't give a damn how much money you made in growth in 2017. Like nobody cares, right? This is today, this is 2021, and it is a much different market. Uh, and gold uh, making new, uh, new highs relative to Apple makes a lot of sense. So we want to continue to short Apple. 138 was the level we wanted to be short if we're below that. Um, I, I, I continue to like this short, uh, if we're below 120, I'd say we add to short positions, um, you know, relative strength rolling over momentum rolling over. I think this thing can go to 80 and really drag this thing lower. Uh, small caps, I think are really going to be the tell if markets are really going to roll over hard 216 is the level. So it's either like this or it's like this, right? So we, what do we know? We know it's in a hot mess. Right. It's a hot mess. So is this hot mess going to be a top that rolls over and we short or are we going to get a nasty, nasty squeeze? Right. I've seen stranger things. I've seen incredibly. Uh, I've Nothing surprises me anymore. Crude oil traded below zero, for goodness sakes. Right. So I don't know what the hell is going to happen next. But I will say that if we're below 216, which my suspicion is that that's exactly what we're going to see based on the weight of the evidence, small caps get crushed and head down towards 170. But from a risk management standpoint, which is the ultimately the, what really matters, we only want to be short small caps IWM if we're below 216. So we want to short that break. Uh, and if we don't, if we're not below 216, we can't because the last thing you want to do is get caught up in one of these guys, right? Been there, done that, no fun. Uh, so only below 216. Um, all right, a couple currencies, Canadian dollar, right? Uh, breaking out relative to the dollar. So if we're below 122.5 uh, in dollar CAD, we want to be long CAD, target down here near 102. And is the dollar about to get pounded? I think it might. If we're above 142 in British pounds, that puts us above all that former support. 
uh, and us breaking out uh, above 142. Uh, oil futures, if we're above 66, I like it along with a target of 76. Um, and then for you stock market bears, here's a good one. Lumber futures uh, have correlated uh, beautifully with stocks uh, over the last year and with a lower high in lumber. Uh, what does that mean for stocks? I think lower. Uh, and if the U.S. 30-year uh, yield breaks 2.2% to the downside, again, I think that's bad for uh, stocks. 1.4 in the 10s. If that breaks, I think it's bad for stocks. And what would make me bullish of stocks? I think U.S. five-year yield breaking out above 1%, I think would be bearish for bonds, bullish for stocks. But I think that's the lower probability outcome. Um, look at U.S. two-year yields making new lows. U.S. one-year yields, the lowest levels ever. Uh, I think the bond market is telling us something. And if these uh, materials and financials do not resolve higher and instead they resolve lower, that's going to be a big, big problem. And if financials are going to resolve this consolidation lower, this would be a perfectly logical place to do it right at our price target. So uh, uh, I think you can short banks if XLF is below 38 and a quarter. I think you're short banks. All right. So that's my macro view. Uh, it's awfully pessimistic. Um, I think shorting stocks is the wise move heading, you know, as we go, has, you know, has been the wise move. I think it continues to be even wiser. Uh, owning things like gold and bonds uh, make a lot more sense uh, to me. Now, marijuana tends to have, you know, sort of a mind of its own. Sometimes it shows unusual relative strength in a weak market. And sometimes um, it, 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 it turns into a, a risk on risk off play where stocks are getting crushed. These things are getting slaughtered, too. Kind of like what we've seen over the last several months as growth stocks have gotten crushed, so is marijuana. So, um, again, if you're interested in these slides, info at allstarcharge.com, password, cannabis conference. So, the MJ ETF here, right, um, 23 is really the level because that would put us back above that former support. It would put us back above that 38.2% retracement. Uh, again, go to allstarcharge.com slash Fibonacci if you're interested in how we calculate these numbers. They're pretty standard. You've probably seen them uh, before. Uh, 23 is really that level. If we're below 23, you leave it alone. Above 23, I think you can get a nice squeeze towards 31 and a half, right? That's a nice little trade here uh, as a group. Look at MSOS, similar setup. I'm seeing a lot of these things where you had sort of a classic top, right? MSOS, classic top. You broke down, but then it's been hovering near that support. So if we were to resolve higher, I think that would be incredibly bullish uh, for the space, so that's uh, an important one to watch, in my opinion. YOLO, same thing. If we get above that former support, like, so look at all that former support from first quarter that's turned into resistance. Same thing here. Look at all that former support in the first quarter that's turned into resistance. If you see YOLO above 22, I'd say that's super bullish. Uh, weed, so here we're looking at canopy growth. I'm looking at 31. Got to be above 31 uh, to be long. If we're above 31, I like it towards 48. Nice little trade here, but only above 31. Uh, look at uh, Scott's Miracle Grow. Uh, that bearish momentum divergence suggests uh, weakness here. Um, I'm not a huge fan. I think at best this is a mess. Uh, ACB, nice little base here. Bullish momentum divergence. You know, not enough for me to buy, but this certainly does not look like a bottom. Doesn't look like a continuation pattern either. Seems to be the path of least resistance is higher. If you happen to be short. Uh, I would not be short. <laughs> I would only be short if we're below uh, the recent lows from a few weeks ago. Um, I would not be short here. Uh, but long-wise, it seems like a mess uh, right now. You can see on the on the short-term basis, right? So everything we do here is on a long-term basis. You know, in some of these weed stocks, there's not that much time to go back, obviously. 
um, but we go back as far as we can. This would be considered long term. And then we go short term uh, for more tactical opportunities. Right. So what do we see? Potential bottom. Right. Like we marked here. Uh, potential bottom. But uh, the truth is, this is a hot, 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 hot mess. Right. If we're below, if we're above these former lows, you can't be short. Right. So if we're above these levels, you know, call it seven, seven bucks. If we're above seven, can't be short. Can't be short this thing. How long can you be? I don't really like it. Leave it alone. Um, so here we're going to Cure Relief. Uh, 17 and a half is my level here. You know, I see former resistance in 2019. Retested that, broke out, hit that 161.8% extension level. Classic reversal from that level has been bottoming out. How long does it take? I don't know. I'd argue the longer the better. Uh, but if we're above 17 and a half, we want to be buyers of that breakout with a target up above 26. Uh, let's talk about Green Thumb. Uh, this name comes up a lot. It looks awfully similar, right? Resistance in 2019, we broke out, retested and consolidating. Resistance in 2018, broke out, target achieved, retested and consolidating. I'm looking at 38. Uh, if we're above 38, I like it long with a target of 59. But if we're below 38, you got to leave it alone. Just like if we're below 17 and a half, you got to leave it alone. Right, so we only want to be long above that breakout because this hot mess right here, I want nothing to do with it. You see this hot mess? Nothing to do with it. So wait for the breakout. No reason to, um, you know, no reason to rush here. Uh, Kronos just is talk about a hot mess. Um, you know, we're above 970. You know, you can convince me that uh, that it's a buy with a target of 15. But if we're below 970, I don't think you can touch it. Uh, Arena Pharmaceuticals. I like this retest. So here you're looking at uh, former resistance, former resistance at a key Fibonacci retracement level. So if Arena's ever going to find a bottom, this would be a logical place for it to happen. Now, if we're below 59, you can't touch it because the risk is out like extraordinary amount of risk. Like look at this gap to fill. You know, this sucker can get back down to 11. So you definitely don't want to be long if we're below 59. I mean, you could do whatever the hell you want. I certainly will not be long if we're below 59. Uh, with a target of eight uh, of 88 on any bounce uh, back to those former highs. Uh, look at grow generation, just sort of uh, a messy flag pattern, if you call pennant pattern. You know, if we're above 50, you can convince me that this is along with a target of 78. Um, but, um, you know, it's a mess. You know, some um, it's a mess. Uh, same thing with uh, uh, True Leave, um, TCNNF. Um, you know, big uptrend consolidation, you know, this is messy, right? Let these resolve. You know, these are, these are basically the same thing as these guys, except these guys are cleaner, right? Cure relief and green thumb are cleaner than these hot messes, these hot messes right here. So let's talk about Cresco labs, uh, you know, big, big bottom, uh, getting back above near former resistance, I should say. Right. So if we're above these former highs, like this is a monster base, my concern is not so much concern because it's not really my problem, but my uh, my opinion on this particular situation is that this is a hot mess. And, you know, one of the things that I've learned over the years, because I give a lot of presentations, is when I catch myself saying the same thing again and again, there's a theme there. How many times have you heard me say hot mess, right, in this presentation? And it's for good reason. These are messy markets, you know. Speaking of hot messes, look at Innovative Industrial Properties, IIPR. What happened? Big, beautiful base, beautiful breakout. Look at that gap and go. You can't draw it up any cleaner than that. I mean, you kids out there, this is when we say gap and go, this is what we mean. Look at that, baby. Woo. So, you know, a, a lot of times you get resistance and then the market gets back to that resistance, tests it, sells off, gets back to the resistance, sells it, and then eventually breaks out. 
the most powerful breakouts are when you literally wake up one morning and it is now above all of those former highs. That's what we call a gap and go. Edwards and McGee in the 1940s would call such a thing a breakaway gap. Um, call it what you want. Just shut up and buy it, you know, when you see it. Or, you know, ask questions later. Um, so anyway, the Target gave us 200 bucks, And uh, since we got there, it's been a hot mess ever since, right? Just like all the other ones. Um, but on a breakout of 200, I'd argue this is one of the ones showing the most relative strength, uh, as well as some of those others I showed before, IIPR. But if we're above 200, yeah, this thing could really go. Really, really go. 260, 270 next. Why not? Uh, Tilray, I think, is really interesting. Uh, if we're above those former lows here in early 2020, right? A lot of market memory there. Let me give you an exact level. It is going to be right around 15 and a half. That's the level. I understand it's up to 20 already. We were talking about this last week. Um, so uh, I actually did not get in. We were talking about it on Clubhouse. I, I even said it's a buy. And it's literally gone straight up every day since. And I don't own a single share. So that's life. You know, what are you going to do? You can't catch them all. Um, you can't do it. You know, you can't do it. Uh, but by going through this process, by going through this exercise, at the very least, it gives us the opportunity. Like, at least I, I could say, oh, yeah, I missed that one because I just never pulled the trigger because I was busy doing other things. You know, buying gold stocks or whatever, or, you know, trading cryptocurrencies. And I just missed the Tilray. And that's my bad. You know, what are you going to do? Um, you can't lose sleep over it. The one thing that the market guarantees us is more opportunity. The market don't guarantee much. But the one thing it does is that we will have more opportunities. So there's no like FOMO. You know, there are no, as Warren Buffett says, there are no called strikes on Wall Street, right? Because if you're a baseball player like I was and you go up to bat and you don't swing at anything and you get three strikes down the pike, the umpire is going to call you out and you go back to the dugout to eat your sunflower seeds. But in the market, you can just sit there all day waiting for your pitch, right? Just wait for the perfect pitch. Um, and you, you know for sure that it's coming. Just be patient. Ted Williams, wait for your pitch. You know, swing at good pitches. Um, and a lot of these setups are just not good pitches right now. But on breakouts, I think they are. This Hexo is interesting, right? Looks like a bottom. It looks like a lot of uh, oil stocks and energy stocks, actually, uh, which is interesting. Um, Planet 13, again, you know, this one definitely showing relative strength, right? Look at that resistance. Right, broke out of that base, hit the target, consolidated, broke out of that base, hit the target, consolidated above support, has continued to. In my opinion, that's impressive. Now, with that being said, we're definitely stuck in this range, and I'm not going to touch this thing. I don't like to trade these things. Like if you're an options trader or something like that, and you want to take advantage of this range-bound market, by all means, go ahead. Um, it's just not for me right now. I'd rather sit back, wait for this consolidate, and buy a breakout or a shorter breakdown if it breaks below five and a half or so. Um, but the truth is, this this seems like more trouble than it's worth. Um, so those are my those are my weed uh, those are my weed. Uh, I'm getting the 10 minute warning. Perfect. So those are my weed stocks. Um, I want to go over a few stocks um, from another scan of ours, um, just to show you. Like I'm not just Mr. Perma Bear. You know, don't buy stocks. You know, the cannabis stocks are a mess. Like, you know, listen. You want to talk about cannabis stocks? We'll talk about cannabis stocks. A lot of them are messy. What do you want from me? Um, but let's let's talk about one of the other scans that we do, because, you know, listen, there's there's always there's always something going on. There's always a long. There's always a short. And it's impossible to cover everything. Right. Look at canopy growth right here showing up on our uh, follow the flow scan. So we're looking for unusual options activity and not like, listen, I, I you know, you hear it all the time. Oh, my God, unusual flow and just blindly buying unusual flow like that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. The first thing we want to do is identify 
uh, make a list of uh, of unusual flow and like very unusual flow and very specific on on the bid on the ask like very specific where is the flow coming from is this a big time bearish bet someone's putting on or a big time bullish bet and it's not so much the smart money as it is the very very aggressively positioned directionally positioned money uh, is what specifically we're looking for and then that just because that happens doesn't mean we're going to buy or sell all we're doing is creating a universe now we go and dive in and hand select the best risk versus reward opportunities on for us right so all we're doing is building the universe not following them along now we just have a catalyst on all of these names we go we dive in uh this is from the weekend so oxy's already really taken off but if you get any weakness uh oxy petroleum near 24 for above 24 i like it long for a double of 48 uh look at brfs uh let's call it five bucks again this one's already taken off uh, i like it towards 640 if we're above five um and then just getting a lot of you know we're already short the queues short apple you know looking to put on shorts on the small caps so for me, you know, the, the underperformance of growth, you know, what I love about the setup is that there are people who have convinced themselves that they are, quote unquote, growth investors. And all you're telling me by telling me that you're a growth investor is telling me that you can't overcome your recency bias. Right? There's a time and a place for everything. There's a time that growth stocks are doing great. There's a time in, the, in their market environments where they suck and nothing's worse. Right. Uh, which is now. Right. Which is what it has been uh, for the last like nine months. And. You can't just be an investor in one. I mean, listen, you could do whatever the hell you want, right? If you only want to invest in one sector, God bless you. I know people 15 years ago that were quote unquote energy investors. How'd that work out for them? You know, that must have sucked, right? People that are, oh, I'm a gold investor. Like, what are you talking about? There's a time to buy gold. There's a time to sell it. Now it's time to buy it. Been a time to sell. Um, you know, there's a time and a place for everything. These ARC funds, Kathy Wood, blah, blah, blah. All that's great when they were going up, but that ain't happening anymore. Now you got this hedge fund manager who uses Apple as their cash equivalent. Man, that scares the hell out of me because uh, I think Apple's going to get crushed. So if their cash equivalent is getting slaughtered, how are these ARK funds going to perform? I think they get crushed. Uh, and if ARKK, and by the way, we're seeing a ton of put activity. These hedge fund managers are shorting the hell on, on the option side, shorting the hell out of all the positions. Uh, not all of them, but a lot of heavy bets on them for sure. Um, 111 is the level. Uh, if we're below 111, I think you're short the heck out of this thing. Um, you know, with a target down near 80, I think like Apple, like all of these, I think they all get tied up in the same trade and they get smoked. Um, the risk reward is great because if we're not below 111, you can't be short. Right? Uh, so we only want to be short if we're below 111 with a target near 80. Uh, here's another scan. The under the hood reports, what we're doing is we're looking for an unusual increase in investor interest, whether it be, you know, huge volume coming in, uh, spikes in social media mentions, um insider transactions you know so again like the uh like the uh unusual option scan all we're doing is building a list right just because a bunch of lunatics are paying attention to the stock and talking about it on the twitter and the stock twits and all that you know the reddit just because that's happening doesn't mean we want to buy it maybe we want to short it right all we want to know is a bunch of lunatics are paying attention to this i want to take a look if a ceo of a company is just loading the boat buying his company stock every day Maybe I don't want to buy it. Maybe I do. But I want to take a look at the very least. So these robots help us do that. Uh, look at Tell, Tellurian. We're above four. I like this long with a target above eight and a half. Look at Transdigum Group, TDG. If we're below, above those former highs of 2020, called 665. I like this long with a target of 950. 
and upstart UPST if we're above 167. We're above 167. I like it long uh, with a target of 220. Below 167, leave it alone. So, guys, that, that's what I got. I'd love to take some questions. we got a few minutes. Uh, I'll leave this up if you're interested in the slides. Info at allstarcharge.com. Password, Cannabis Conference. Uh, Chelsea, Chelsea, anybody? Any, any Dude. questions? Dude, you killed it. You killed it. I feel like I'm going to get murdered by the chat right now if I if I have to move on. So so one thing, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's something you can pull up or if you just want to talk about it, but we're getting a lot of a lot more questions about Sundial, SNDL. Anything you want to say about that one in particular? Yeah, I would love to. So Sundial, SNDL, you could walk through my, we could talk through my thought process here. So the first thing I like to do when I'm asked about a, a, a company is to make sure I understand what I'm looking at. So here, what we're looking at is a $2.5 billion company, right? It's $1.35, so I don't really care about the price as I do the market capitalization, which is $2.5 billion, which officially puts it as a mid-cap. And this is a Canadian stock. I don't really care what it does. I just am more interested in that it's a Canadian stock. Uh, it's up 20% today, and it's $2.5 billion. Okay, so now we know that. So now we're going to go SNDL. We're going to look at the chart. And just so you know, uh, I don't know if you if you think we can see your chart, but we can't see it right now. I still got your slides. Got no, it. Cool. I get it. I get it. Um, but I am pulling it up just so I can give some levels. Nice, man. Thanks. Yeah. So um, so right now it's about one thirty six. I mean, you know, I'm I'm looking at. Let me print up a damn. So you know. Um, this looks like some of the other ones that we that we talked about, how it's essentially putting in a bottom, certainly showing relative strength. Um, I would argue, you know, that 113 level, which is where it closed yesterday. Uh, yesterday was Wednesday, the 2nd of June. When it closed Wednesday, 2nd of June, that's a big level. If I'm gonna, if I'm a sundial investor or somebody looking to put money on to work, a dollar thirteen is going to be a number I'm going to want to remember uh, because that was support uh, back in 2020 uh, in February specifically. Uh, it was resistance in June of 2020. Uh, it was support in April and, and, and uh, excuse me, it was, uh, it was support. Um, yep. It was a support throughout the first quarter that broke and now we're back above that. So 113 is really that level. Uh, the next level to the upside, uh, you're probably going to love hearing this, especially if you're long, is four bucks. Uh, that's the next level. Uh, realistically, a dollar seventy-five or so, a dollar sixty-seven, a dollar seventy-five, sixty-seven could see some trouble there, uh, maybe temporarily. But four bucks or close to it, I think that's where it can go. A lot of upside, uh, but again, that dollar thirteen is the one I want to remember. If we are not below that. If we're not above that, then uh, it can go to zero. So you really want to be careful with that. Absolutely, man. And thank you. Obviously, we know that there's some some Reddit stuff happening there. So Is something there? that I mean, maybe, maybe I don't know. Um, so listen, you guys, are on the yeah, Reddit these days. I, I feel like you got a new fan club in the in the chat here, man. Everybody loves you. Uh, I think they like the the sort of unemotional real talk here, and and it's kind of fun. It's fun. It's a it's a different take, but we we love it. We love to see the charts. We love to see you know your commentary. So I just want to say thanks again, man. We love having you on here. I'm sure we'll see you at one of these next ones. Yeah, listen, I'm, I'm happy to do it. It uh, you know, got me off my ass a little bit to update some, some, of the, uh, some of the weed stocks because they haven't been doing anything. So I've just been ignoring them. 
so now I'm updated. Um, there's not much going on. There's a few that stand out. Certainly the relative strength is what I would point to. You're going to be buying these things. I would, I would be focused on the relative strength, but understand the macro uh, is a headwind currently, um, in my opinion anyway. So make sure that you are managing risk responsibly. That's really what it's all about. It doesn't matter whether you're trading crypto or marijuana stocks or, or SPACs or, you know, whatever the, you know, silver stocks, whatever the, the, the uh, hype du jour might be, uh, risk management is really all that matters cool. here or otherwise. I love it, man. Thanks. And I want whatever is in that California mug of yours because you brought the energy and I appreciate it. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store check out daily promotions same game parlays live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.